Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. ocean is a very mysterious place we don't even we don't even know the depths of it i actually recently watched the movie the black demon about a shark you just i mean it's a movie but you never know what's lurking in the waters what else is in the ocean but also in the nrl which we're here to talk about today dolphins not from redcliffe just dolphins in general both uh, the species and the NRL team. Today we're going to talk about the NRL team. Maybe in 2024 I'll do an actual Dolphins podcast, maybe. But today, season preview. We're keeping the train rolling. Uh, We've already done a number of teams coming off the Titans podcast. Uh, And what's in store today? It's a 2024 season preview for the Dolphins uh, of the NRL nature, not the ocean nature uh, concept of the series basically i'm giving a team by team preview standalone podcasts otherwise fuck it'd be like an 18 hour podcast or something but yeah i just thought why not i did this back in at the end of 2021 going into the 2022 season which the dolphins weren't a part of and i just didn't have time to do this full series uh this time last year but we're back uh, so when I last did this series, Dolphins were merely the next NRL franchise. We knew that Wayne Bennett was the coach. Maybe that Felice Kafusi was going. That was about it. Now, throughout this time, I think a lot of people expected them to get at least one of a Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, Cameron Munster, Reid Marnie. They went for a number of guys. Reese Walsh. But the signings they ended up getting, uh, a lot of talk in the preseason last year, which of course, like I said, I didn't do this preseason podcast last year. Uh, so I just sat back and enjoyed it. I love new franchises. It just, it excites me a lot. And I'm big on gains and losses and rosters and things like that. So I just love seeing a new club uh, and how they go about building especially from year one like who's heading across now a number of players headed across with little to no fanfare Uh, we will talk a bit about these players throughout the podcast this is merely the intro Uh, now 2024 just a couple of days away and i'm launching a number of new pieces of content there's also going to be plenty of nrl stuff throughout the year best way to keep up to date is either to follow us on your preferred podcasting platform or simply give us a follow on Instagram at not just a sports report. Uh, it's pretty fun sometimes, Instagram, but fuck. I do find myself on Instagram and Facebook sometimes scrolling too much and I'm just like, wow. It's like an empty void. I'm like, wow, these videos are so shit. On Facebook mainly. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Uh, the ladder so far, I'm also doing a predicted ladder. Uh, that is very much secondary in this series to just the season preview because I don't really know what's going to happen. So uh, these are just guesses, really. And I've done some research and shit, but that can only take you so far. Uh, now, the ladder, I have Tigers on the bottom. Uh, now, they've made some big moves since I did that podcast, but to be trusted with a lot, they must first be trusted with a little. Uh, Second last, I went Titans. I'm quite unsure about that. Des Hasler could work his magic for sure. I rate Des Hasler highly. I rate the Titans highly, a lot higher than second from bottom, but that's where I have them. So whatever. Uh, Up next, we have Dragons in 15th. So, so far I'm shoring up the bottom of the ladder. I'm yet to pick someone or a team in my predicted top eight. Uh, So Dragons 15th, 
Bulldog's 12th. And I also made a side call. If there's a team to do what the Warriors did this past season, uh, or to do what the Cowboys did the season before, like just really come out and blow everyone away, the side call was, I think it could be the Bulldogs, but the prediction was 12th. So that's the ladder so far. I think we should just get amongst this podcast now. Dolphins 2024 season preview. We are going to start with the coaches, our coaching staff and succession plan I have in my notes in front of me because the head coach, who I'll mention, we, most of us know who the head coach is, uh, but there's a plan in place. As of 2025, uh, the gears are shifting. So I'll talk about the coaching staff. Uh, Obviously, you have the master coach, Wayne Bennett, who built the Broncos from scratch. The other Brisbane-based or Queensland-based club uh, that's had a lot of great success. And I'm not huge on speculation or greatest of all time chat in any realm. I just, I feel like to judge the greatest of all time, I would have to be alive the whole time and see everyone and be like, okay, and be able to make a judgment. And it's all, it's all relative. So, yeah. Wayne Bennett, though, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of rugby league coaches. Uh, and he probably is the greatest of all time. Like, if I had to say right now, who's my greatest of all time, even though I'm not huge on it, I would say Wayne Bennett. So that's the head coach. Boom, bam. Thank you, ma'am. But he is leaving at the end of the season. And it will be Christian Wolf, a coach I've actually been watching for a number of years. Uh, Not in a stalkerish way, but just... He coached the Cowboys years ago in the under-20s. Like when Kyle Phelps, guys like that, I think even Michael Morgan were playing under-20s. Christian Wolf was at the Cowboys. Uh, he's had a few different roles. Tongan head coach, uh, which is a very underrated thing when you think about the Tongans in the squad. Felice Kalfusi, um, Isaiah Katoa, just to name a couple. So Christian Wolf, he is going to take over from next season. Uh, he had coached St. Helens as well in the Super League to a couple of titles. So yeah, I, I've been keen to see Christian Wolf for ages since Carl Felt was in the under-20s. I think that year, I'm a Warriors fan, uh, by the way, if you don't know, but I think that year in the grand final, it was the Warriors who beat the Cowboys. Under-20s, unfortunately not NRL. Um, and yeah, I just remember Christian Wolf, And I was like, okay. This guy's fucking cool. The Cowboys at that stage were cool. Uh, and I think, he's, I think he's cooler than ever. So Christian Wolf, he'll be taking over from next season. Uh, but he also has a huge role to play in 2024. Now underneath Wolfie, you have Nathan Fien, a premiership winner. He's played under Wayne Bennett before. Uh, played for my club, the Warriors. Played for the aforementioned Cowboys uh, at the Dragons as well. Uh, so Fien, one I've definitely watched as a player given that I'm a Warriors fan. And yeah, I think he can be a fantastic coach without being really qualified to make that judgment. I rate Nathan Fien, and I think this will be a big year for him to learn. Sit under the learning tree, Wayne Bennett, who's coached forever. And then 2025, I believe he'll be that like next assistant to Christian Wolf. So he'll be that guy right underneath him, kind of like what Wolf is with Wayne Bennett now. Then you also have Ben Teo in the coaching ranks. He coached the Redcliffe Dolphins in the Queensland Cup last year. Uh, and I don't know if he's on the official NRL coaching list for 2024. I tried to research it and I couldn't find out. And then I thought about just sliding into Ben Teo's DMs and asking him. Um, but then it was around Christmas. And I was like, leave the man alone. It's Christmas. Uh, so yeah, Ben Teo. I think he's definitely part of the long-term vision with the coaches as well. So quite the team that Wayne Bennett has assembled there. Uh, and I think with Dolphins, 
It's not just the coaches across the board. They are really setting themselves up for sustained success. They haven't gone for any quick fixes. And the guys they brought over for season one, they made a huge difference. Like Izako, the hammer, uh, which we'll get into. You also have the recruitment manager, Peter O'Sullivan, uh, who, fuck, he has done some unreal shit. Could talk for like a solid 10, 15 minutes about some of the all-time calls and moves Peter O'Sullivan has made as a recruitment officer. So that, that's one that you don't really like talk about or, you know, it's not amongst common fans if you're chatting league and having a beer talking about the Dolphins. You're not really talking about Peter O'Sullivan, uh, but I think he's one that as Wayne Bennett moves on from the club, he'll be a big factor uh, in actually I don't know if keeping the Dolphins strong because, I mean, year one they were awesome, but it's not like they're that strong right now. But I think they're building toward a premiership powerhouse and eventually a team that could rival, you know, what the Panthers have been. Not saying they're going to win those premierships, but like kind of how the Broncos this past season, they were like that next best team who were really challenging Penrith. Uh, which forced Penrith to then, in response, lift their game. Dolphins, in a few years, I think they will be uh, in contention for the Premiership for a number of years. Peter O'Sullivan, big reason for that. Uh, as far as this past season, their first in the NRL, the recruitment, 2023, there were no quote-unquote marquee players. Uh, that was very wrong. Hamaso Tebuai Fido, uh, who was always a very promising player, had played Origin before he got to the Dolphins. But the year before, at the Cowboys, he was coming off the bench and just floating around. One big talking point as far as Dolphins recruitment, ah, oh, they can't get a fullback, they're missing out on Reese Walsh, they're missing out on Kalen Ponga, and all these different stories. Uh, and Wayne Bennett, just went, yoink, uh, we'll take Hammer from the Cowboys. Masterstroke, Hammer, first try scorer for the club. Like, he just shot out of the gates. Like the fucking greyhound at top speed. Uh, just shot out of the gates and killed it from round one onwards. Got the origin call up. I ended up playing for Australia in the Pacific Championships. And now he comes back to the Dolphins, another preseason under Wayne Bennett. I am very excited. So as far as recruitment, that's a big tick. Jermaine Azarko, maybe the biggest tick of them all. That was a signing where I was like, oh, even I was like, fuck. If Azarko's your starting winger, I really, I don't know. And he was in, I did a team of the year uh, and he was, right amongst the wing selections. Had most points and most tries in the season. And like Hammer, just came out and killed it from the get-go. Played for the Kiwis in the Pacific Championships. Jermaine Azarko. What a redemption. What a pickup from Wayne Bennett, who knows all about what Azarko can do. Uh, and yeah, fuck. Izako and Hammer is just my bread is buttered already. Also, the Storm Trio, the Bromwich brothers, Felice Calfusi, they brought them over just to kind of start that culture. Looks like Jesse Bromwich could be on the way out at the end of this next season. But they're just there, as the Black Eyed Peas would say, let's get it started. You need to get it started. Are perfect guys to set those standards from day one. Uh, and up until 2023 with the Dolphins, those Storm boys, they were playing finals every year. So they have such a high standard. Uh, Wayne Bennett, smart move to bring them over. I think especially they would have looked to Penrith, like they got a guy like Katoa from Penrith to the Dolphins. But a lot of those Penrith guys were really locked in uh, at the time as far as staying with Penrith for the long term. So Dolphins picking up those Storm guys. I mean, Felice Calfusi, you want to talk about shooting out of the gates. He was folding 
uh, people, as Kane Evans might say. Uh, he wouldn't say it exactly like that. Uh, but Felice Calfusi, he just came out and went fucking whack. We weren't even seeing that at the Storm. It was just a different role that he was playing at Melbourne. But for this new side, the Dolphins, NRL teams that have been around for a while, trying to intimidate these new kids on the block, and Felice Calfusi just went, get the fuck out of here. Sorry if you don't like swearing, but get the fuck out of here. Uh, so Felice Calfusi, he didn't play Origin last year. So I think big season for Felice ahead, but that was a great purchase, all three of them. Jeremy Marshall King. Marshall. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King. Uh, fantastic hooker. Fantastic hooker, or dummy half. Uh, I don't know. His profession is rugby league, but he is a hooker. And JMK. I'm a massive fan. He's a Kiwi. Related to Benji Marshall. He's just like brother. I don't know the exact dynamic, but they're bros. So fucking awesome. And Jeremy Marshall King is also awesome. I think he'll play long minutes for the Dolphins in this upcoming season. And as far as a purchase, again, they didn't get Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, Reed Marnie. Jeremy Marshall King, I think, is the perfect fit to what they have going already. You have Sean O'Sullivan at halfback, who has been praised uh, very highly by Andrew Johns. So I just went, yep, okay, I have a fuck. If Joey says it and it's relating to halfbacks, I just, I'd take it on board fully. And he rates Sean O'Sullivan a lot of areas of his game. He floated around a few clubs, been in the Roosters system. We saw him at Penrith, at the Broncos previously, and also my beloved Warriors. And once you're a Warrior, you're always a Warrior. So go well, Sean O'Sullivan. And when he could get on the park, he did go well. So he's a very important player. And that's not a million dollar halfback. Fuck yeah. And his dad's the recruitment manager. Uh, but, you know, sometimes there's like the Brad Arthur, Jake Arthur, Billy Walters, Kevin Walters, Carl Flanagan, Shane Flanagan. Sometimes it's just like, relax, okay? It's, we just need to let fathers and sons sometimes be at the same club. It's not that egregious. Tom Gilbert has the most ticker of them all. I missed a chunk of the season through injury, unfortunately, uh, but he'll be back in action. I think future captain of this club. Another pickup, uh, Connolly Lemuelu. He was another one. Did anyone, any of the pundits in the media, any of us, say, oh shit, they've signed Connolly Lemuelu. This, that's pretty large. Nobody. And it was large. It was large. Lemuelu. I had played at the Bulldogs previously. I think he may have spent time at another club and then he was at the Cowboys for ages. Pretty much as a centre. And then Rodney Payton. Um, in his last season at the Cowboys. Connolly's not uh, Todd's. Uh, he had Lemuelu training edge back row. But <laughs> Cowboys had a surplus of uh, back edge back rowers. And they still do. And they had Tom Gilbert as well, who the Dolphins said, yoink. They were also like, we're going to yoink Connolly Lemuelu. Now, they had the Storm back rowers, who very hard to displace them from the starting lineup. Uh, Kenny Bromwich and Felice Calfusi. And another one who just shot out of the gates, Connolly Lemuelu. Brilliant signing, brilliant strategy, unbelievable player. And those Storm trios... Trio, fuck, I can't speak English. Goodness gracious, sorry. Uh, the Storm Trio, none of them are going to be around for the next five years. Like, they're all here to just make a real start for this club and build the standard and lay the foundation. Lemuelu burst onto the scene. Uh, he was getting himself in the starting lineup. He just had to be a part of this Dolphins team. Uh, and I think he'll be a big part again in this coming season. And what I liked most about the way the Dolphins have gone about things, whilst they didn't land any of the big fish in the transfer market, I mean, all those guys I just mentioned, huge, huge. 
they also signed a stack of youngsters who, you know, as some of these older guys start to move on, like, fuck, they just signed some boom youngsters. Some boom. I want to yell boom, but I won't. My chair is fucking shut. Goodness gracious. Uh, Isaiah Katoa. Boom. Uh, there's a young half. You can really see it. You watch too. Mason Teague. Boom. Valid Stefari. Boom. For sure. That magic de- uh, round debut was something else. Uh, but in the preseason, uh, we're getting some stories about Tefare having to do some sort of boot camp. Wayne Bennett, unimpressed with the way he showed up to preseason training. Uh, but I saw like one post when I was fucking, you know, scrolling too much on some kind of social media, and it was like Tefare. Uh, it seems like he's working his ass off. So I'm a positive guy. I'm not a hater. Valence Tefare has all the talent in the world. Uh, and he, this year, as far as the starting lineup, he's not starting in the centres. I think even, like, unless he'd come back absolutely roaring. Like, they've signed Farnworth, they've signed Avarillo, uh, which I'll get to in a moment. So he's not going to have that pressure of needing to be the starting centre. But I think yeah, if he continues to really work hard, there's still plenty of pre-season. There are the trials, there's a lot of time. For Valence Tefade, still a young player, a lot of positive influences around this club. So I am not just half glass full on Valence Tefade, uh, the glass is entirely full. I'm giving him a full go. Uh, so to Valence Tefade, he's another piece of the puzzle that if he can get things right, and this is one uh, where he's just got to take accountability for it himself, uh, which I'm sure he will, then he's one in the next couple of years to really watch out for. And I'm interested as to what his position is long-term. Will he remain as a centre? There are a lot of hybrid positions starting to pop up in the NRL. Uh, So we'll keep an eye on Valence. Jack Bostock, uh, who they pinched from the Dragons, a junior representative, a youngster, can play centres, can play on the wing, even played a little bit of fullback in the Queensland Cup, just a little bit. Um, Don't quote me on that, but Jack Bostock, there's another youngster. So I like that. I like that throughout the squad and getting them started from day dot, you know, from day one. Uh, Who else we got? Harrison Graham. I believe he'll be the backup to uh, Jeremy Marshall King. Harrison Graham, great young Queensland player. And yeah, another... Great young player signed. So the recruitment from Peter O'Sullivan, uh, you include Wayne Bennett in that. I'm sure Christian Wolfe would have had some, even if a very little say, given that he will inherit the team. Uh, And then, of course, they got Max Plath midway through the season. Another utility, can play in the halves, can play dummy half, can play lock forward, and his father played for the Broncos. So we love that. Plath as well. I think he'll he'll be one player that comes out in this upcoming trial season or series, pre-season challenge, my favorite. It's better than the NRL. Um, Max Plath is one, I think, through the trials. He's going to start to really turn some heads. Okay, gains and losses. Gains. They are all huge. Herbie Farnworth and Tom Flegler from the Broncos. That's huge. That is definitely huge. Herbie Farnworth, English international. And just, if you want to break down like the actual game, he offers so much. Heaps of strike on the edge. Uh, and coming out of his own end, a lot of tough carries. He makes meters, as does Tom Flegler, who I thought, despite Brisbane losing in that grand final, and Fisher-Harris, Leota being the benchmark, and still having a guy like, I can't speak English, goodness gracious, uh, at least properly. But also having guys like Carrigan and Huss on the field in that grand final. Tom Flegler uh, impressed me immensely with his grand final performance and performance in general throughout last season. He will be a monumental, uh, monumentally important player for Tom Flegler. It's monumentally important for me to start to speak English properly. Uh, but Fleggy, 
No one calls him that. Fuck. Tom Flegler. Uh, yeah, that's an enormous signing. Jesse Bromwich. Could be his retirement season coming up. So you want to talk about leaders in the Ford pack? You have a guy like Tom Gilbert still in the mix. Uh, but Flegler comes over to really be the man in that Ford pack, which I love. So Tom Flegler, he is the man, which at Brisbane, fuck, he was awesome. But, you know, they have a lot of mans. Reynolds, Walsh, Haas, Carrigan. So Tom Flegler comes over to the Dolphins to be the man. Herbie Farnworth, fuck, is he a model? Has he done modeling? He should, if he wants to. Fuck, it'd be good to look like him for just one day. Go fucking, I don't know, go for a stroll around Chapel Street. Anyway, Herbie Farnworth, unbelievable player. You look at the centers, they had Ewan Aitken there, uh, mostly throughout last year. Herbie Farnworth, that is a total game changer. So those gains, that's 10 out of 10. I just spoke about the recruitment for 2023, uh, which a lot of people bagged. They were like, fuck, Dolphins will not win more than like four games all season. And people just wrote them off. Now, all the guys they brought over were huge. Farnworth, Flegler. Wow, they're really building. Uh, they also signed Oren Keeley, a young back rower from Newcastle, who has a lot of potential. Uh, and Jake Avarillo, who can play fullback. I think he'll start at right center. That's another huge signing. So Dolphins, they, they could really shoot up the ladder. I'll be very interested if they can get on a hot start again, how they go. Because they've added some very class players. They've also signed Junior Tupo from the Tigers. Yoink. Damn. Damn. A lot of clubs after Junior Tupo, Dolphins getting him. And across the back line, over the next two or three years, the one position they didn't have nailed down was the left wing position. Junior Tupo. Already getting into 2025 bloody gains and losses. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's like whatever. Now we know. Gives us time to adjust. So Junior Tupo will not be at the Dolphins in 2024, but he'll be there the year after. So, yeah, wow. Dolphins signings blowing my mind. Our losses. Branko Lee. Branko Lee. I think he was working as a concreter or something. Tried to get a Super League gig. I don't know if it worked out. All the best to Branko Lee. I like Branko Lee. Never met him, but I just, I like Branko Lee a lot. He's fucking won an Origin series. Someone in the NRL, even if it's just at cup level, have a look at Branko Lee. Uh, JJ Collins, another one who departs. Payosa Famosili is off to the Bulldogs. Herman, SASA, uh, also leaves. Uh, so they get rid of three props. Famosili, Collins, and SASA. And those guys wouldn't be on a huge wage in that first season. And they just give a bit of a bump up in contract wage to Tom Flagler without really having to lose, you know, the, the Bromwiches or fucking Gilbert or anyone like that, respectfully, to the guys that are departing. Flagler comes in. Uh, Branko Lee departs. Best of luck to him. Herbie Farnworth and Jake Avarillo come in. Uh, so that overall, you know, pretty successful. One other gain and loss. This is a gain, but a loss for my beloved Warriors. Uh, what has been announced since I recorded the Dragons podcast? Ronald Volkman going over to the Dragons. Uh, now, as a Warriors fan... I love Volkman. Supposedly, according to all the players and coaching staff, he brings the energy. So I think he's exactly what the Dragons need. He's not first up in the halves for the Warriors. He's not second up. May not even be third up with Chanel Harris-DeVita. At Dragons, he's right there. He is for sure going to get his shot uh, throughout the season. So uh, it always sucks to see a play like 
leave your team. But yeah, sometimes it's like, you know what, Ronald Volkman, chase that first grade, brother. Fucking you're dope. Go for it. So that is a great signing from the Dragons. And of course, adding Fanua Blake to the Cronulla Sharks. I'll talk about that in the Sharks and Warriors podcast. Uh, but I did say if I could have chosen where he was going to go, I actually, I didn't mind the Sharks. I was like, Sharks? Yeah. So they are also an ocean-based creature. Now I'm going to have a look uh, at the team overall and also take a bit more of an extended focus on the spine plays. Dolphins best 17, question mark. And now obviously Wayne Bennett, the coach, that is good as gold. Uh, and as far as the best 17, question mark, like I don't truly know, but just casting my eagle eye, you know, this is what I came up with. Hamaso Tabuai Fido. I kind of <laughs> cooked it in my notes and I wrote Hamaso Tabuai Fido Fido. Interesting. Uh, but Hamaso, I've spoken about him a bit already, but he's locked in as the fullback. Interestingly, as well, like he played a bit of left center last year. Farnworth previously had desired, uh, stated a desire to play fullback. But once he signed with the Dolphins, he was like, no, I'm, I'm there to play center. And Jake Avarillo, arguably, plays his best footy at fullback. Uh, but Hamaso, I believe he'll be the man. And big things, bigger things to come. This is one of those things where it's like big things to come. It's not just that shitty guy from your high school. With Hamaso, he's already shown us fucking very electric things at Origin level at international level for the cowboys now for the dolphins like his best footy at any level has been for the dolphins uh, so that's huge and as a spine player he'll be linking up with cody nicarima and sean o'sullivan i believe uh, cody nicarima i think well he said in the preseason he wants to really try and be the guy to play number six now milford's still at the club you have isaiah katoa there Milford question mark just in general respectfully um, a huge fan of his at his best and I'm still a fan and not a hater uh, at his not best because yeah if you can't handle Anthony Milford at his worst you don't deserve him at his best and his best holy shit and imagine if we get it imagine if Anthony Milford who knows Ultimate redemption, question mark. Uh, but I've got Cody Nicarima, Sean O'Sullivan, the halfback. Uh, and Jeremy Marshall King, number nine. So as far as linking up with these spine players, Hamaso as that roving fullback. O'Sullivan, I just think he's that great halfback to hold things down. Been in a lot of great systems, like I mentioned. Uh, best of all the Warriors, of course. But Brisbane Broncos... Sydney Roosters under Trent Robinson. Uh, of course, now under Wayne Bennett. Penrith Panthers uh, working alongside Nathan Cleary. He's done, he's done a number of things. So Sean O'Sullivan, the man to wear the number seven. I think Nick Arima in the six. Uh, but what I would like to see is whoever plays 5-8 really have a strong running game because I think O'Sullivan can do a lot of the kicking and in general, the organizing. So Nick Arima, yeah, fuck it. He's a former warrior. He's also, like Sean O'Sullivan, been around a lot of great systems. I think that'll be the halves combo. We'll have to see how it stacks up. Obviously, halves and halfback in particular, very important positions. Uh, but my main focus looking at this Dolphins team, I think they are good to go with the spine they have. And the main challenge that they may face uh, is probably depth. So I think if the spine, uh, that's my key for the Dolphins' season, if the spine can stay on the field, get some cohesion, combinations with each other, um, I think Dolphins a real chance of having a huge season. But I think 
You take two of those players out of the spine, say, for example, Sean O'Sullivan, halfback, Hamaso fullback, or even Jeremy Marshall King, who missed some time this previous season, and all of a sudden it's just a bit more of an uphill battle. So that's where I'm at with the spine. I really like uh, the look of it. Isaiah Katoa will also factor in. I have written down some of my depth options. Uh, now, for the rest of this best 17, question mark, right wing has to be Jermaine Azarko. Uh, without a doubt, I think he's earned that. Would be very surprised if he doesn't come back fit, firing, and ready to go throughout the preseason trials. Uh, Jermaine Azarko, what a guy. So I believe he's a lock for the right wing position. Right center. Last year, I actually thought the combination of Brenko Lee and Jermaine Azarko, who nobody was making noise about that combination going into the season, they were unbelievable together. Uh, now, Jermaine was scoring heaps of tries, but Brenko Lee was doing plenty to get him into open space as well. Jake Avarillo, will he be the one to play right center? I think so. Unbelievable. You think about the strike of Herbie, who'll be on the left. Jake and Jermaine Azarko. Avarillo, now all of a sudden, because teams with the Brenko Lee kind of sweeping style, uh, eventually, if they came with that same kind of combination this year, teams defensively would be able to study that. But now it's an entirely new entity. You have Jake Avarillo. Now there is even more so of a threat of Avarillo not passing and taking the line on himself. Uh, so either way, on that right side, you have some serious weapons. Herbie Farnworth, uh, he's signed to play left center. Tessie New. Uh, now he's got an asterisk next to his name because this position kind of up for grabs this year. They got Junior Tupo coming next year. They still have Edric Lee, uh, which as I said, I'll get to the depth options in a moment. Uh, but Tessie New played at the Broncos with guys like Isako, Herbie Farnworth, uh, who'll be his center if he is to play on the left. Uh, so Tessie, right now I would say going into the trials, He's probably that first choice, and now it's up to him to keep it that way. Uh, Nick Arima, Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. Captain Jesse Bromwich. Uh, now it seems like it's going to be the final season for the very decorated front rower. I have a huge amount of respect for the Kiwi International. Uh, obviously the best body of work from his career at the Melbourne Storm. Uh, but he was brought here with a purpose to lead from day one. That is what he's done. Could this be a fairy tale finish? We don't see many in rugby league, but if Bromwich was to go out with a premiership win with the Dolphins, well, fuck, that would go down in history, wouldn't it? So he's had a lot of success throughout his career. He would not want to settle for another finish outside the eight in his final season, and he will lead this to charge. Now, with Bromwich... Supposedly departing Tom Flegler in the front row. So that is quite the partnership, isn't it? Jesse Bromwich, Tom Flegler up front, Jeremy Marshall King in the number nine. In the back row, I think it'll be one of either Kenny Bromwich or Connolly Lemuelu on the left side. Right side, Felice Kalfusi. Uh, Tom Gilbert, I have as the lock forward. Uh, also potential captain going forward once Bromwich uh, does call it a day. Now, this is my bench. This is where it's really up for interpretation, I guess. Uh, I have Ray Stone in the 14. Just a very hard-nosed forward. I believe he'll be a part of the Dolphins' best 17. 15. Anthony Milford. Could talk for a solid hour about Anthony Milford, couldn't we? But at this stage of his career, I mean, there was talk he was going to go to the Lee Leopards over in the Super League, but that didn't eventuate. And at the back end of the 2023 season, he was playing off the bench. He was going decent, but I don't think that was why Wayne Bennett brought him over. Wayne Bennett initially brought him over to try and get the best out of him. And you're paying him way less money than he's been paid in the past, so if he fires, it is just such a, su a successful call. 
But it hasn't quite panned out that way. Milford didn't gain ownership of the halves really at all. He didn't get there for the round one, uh, was infamously you know, left out for Isaiah Katoa, uh, who is the future option for sure. So it could be Katoa who takes that spot on the bench, given that there is so much more upside. Uh, but with Anthony Milford, who knows, if he comes out and kills it, I mean, like, at his, at his best, he should be the 5'8". Sean O'Sullivan halfback. It's just... We've had a, lo- a large sample size from Anthony Milford. And at his best, like, I genuinely... Raiders are my second team through family ties. Uh, and when Milford burst onto the scene, young Queenslander, I was like, this could be the next Thurston. Or, you know, I guess what Cleary's gone on to be, like this absolute fucking superstar. I thought that was going to be Milford. And he went to the Broncos, and it looked like that was going to be the case for a little bit. And then everything that's come since, uh, without being critical of Anthony Milford, now it's like even at this new franchise, we're discussing whether he even gets on the bench. So big... Yeah, for Anthony Milford. Anyways, Kenny Bromwich, Lemuelu, I have one of them starting. I guess that would have one of them on the bench. Ewan Aitken, also an option there, because he can play in the back row and can cover centres. And in the 17, Mark Nichols has to be there. He's just, he's that guy. So Mark Nichols, uh, that's my bench. And then I did name an 18 to 21, just some guys who'll be floating around. Josh Kerr, Jared Wallace, Mason Teague, and Jack Bostock. And now quickly on to the depth options for the wing. You have Edric Lee, who most known for his time in Raiders colours, also Queensland Maroons colours. I spent quite a lot of time at the Newcastle Knights. Didn't see a lot of Edric. He played mainly for the Central Queensland Capras in Queensland Cup last year. Uh, toward... The tail end of his career, I'm not sure how much longer Edric Lee will be around, but at his best, kind of like Milford, but not, you know, he hasn't kind of, he's never been paid like a million dollars or anything, Uh, but it's just a huge year for Edric Lee. At his best, he could be definitely the one playing on that left wing outside of Herbie Farnworth, Um, but we'll have to see. Trials will be important. And then he's going to have a chance in the Queensland Cup to really press his case. Jack Bostock, another option for the wing. Robert Jennings, brother of George and Michael. Uh, he'll be another wing option. And Brenton Byra, uh, who's mainly set to play Queensland Cup this year. I'm a huge Brenton Byra guy. Uh, now, the first time I saw him was the Koori knockout a couple of years ago. He was playing for the Walgett Aboriginal Connection. And he was playing outside, he was playing on the left wing, outside his left centre, Latrell Mitchell. The fullback was Ben Barber. I think he had had George Rose in that team as well. It was wild. And I was watching a fair bit of the Curry knockout that year. And Brandon Barber was one where I was like, holy shit, is he signed anywhere? Had a look, he'd been playing just a little bit at the Mackay Cutters. And I was like, this is, this is one I'm keeping an eye on. This is a player I'm going to keep an eye on. And then I saw, going into the Dolphins' first season, that he had a train and trial deal or something of that nature. That was part of the preseason. Now this year, he's getting another go in the preseason. And just quietly, I know they've signed Junior Tupo uh, long term. But this year, like I said, left wing spot up for grabs. I don't think he'll be the left winger in round one. But remember the name, Brenton Barra. I think uh, if all goes well, he could definitely force his way into this side. Uh, but it probably won't be over at Jermaine Azako. So Tessie New, he is really going to, he's going to have a lot of guys competing for that one spot. Uh, so that will drive Tessie New. It'll drive a guy like Brenton Barra, who I'm a huge fan of. Center depth, you have Ewan Aitken, played a lot of center last year. Valence Tefare uh, 
if all goes well, again, Jack Bostock, he can play wing, he can play center, he can also play fullback. So there you go, pretty good. Uh, Tessie New, if he plays on that left side, let's say Herbie gets injured, they need left center, maybe they move Tessie in one. So Tessie New can also cover centers. And Hamaso, we saw him at left center a couple of times last year. Halves depth, you have Anthony Milford, Isaiah Katoa. I'm a huge Isaiah Katoa guy. Uh, so interested to see, you know, his involvement this year. I don't think it would hurt if he is playing reserve grade, a bit starting in the halves and getting his reps in, because there's no doubt he is definitely the long-term future of this team. I don't know what the long-term future of my throat is. I might have to clear it. I'm nearly done the depth, though. Uh, dummy half backup options. You have Harrison Graham, young Queenslander, very talented. Uh, and I think Marshall King's still got quite a few years left in him. But it seems like, again, the long-term prospect seems to be Harrison Graham. Cody Nikarima can also cover dummy half. We saw Mason Teague there very briefly last year. Uh, and also, very briefly, we saw Isaiah Katoa played there. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bit of depth for your, what day is it? Friday afternoon. Uh, and Ford Pack depth. Jared Wallace uh, really added, like an onion, some new layers to his game. Uh, a lot of ball playing last year. So Wallace, he's one now with Flegler's arrival, uh, where there are competitions for spots. But Wallace, I think he's one of those guys you just want to have around the squad. As is Josh Kerr. Redcliffe Dolphins Jr. Uh, he'll be trying to get himself in the 17 week to week. Mason Teague. I will speak about Mason Teague a bit more in a moment. Uh, but he's an emerging forward. I'm really excited to see. I'm just wondering what his position is. Because I think his best position is lock forward. But it would seem that Tom Gilbert is the one to play lock forward after the next five years or so for the Dolphins. Now we saw him play a bit of dummy half. He can play in the middle. He can play on the edge. Mason Teague. Where's he going to play and what's his best position? We will see. Uh, and Oren Keeley, the youngster signed from the Knights, a back rower. He's going to be pressing for more first grade action. Drawing closer now to the final assessment. Uh, but before we get there... I've talked a lot about the players already, but this is the Dolphins' full squad as it stands for the 2024 season. So I'm not going to break this one down in depth, but I may have missed a couple of names. So this is the full squad. Coach, Wayne Bennett. I mean, you look at all the coaches throughout the NRL, what a stressful job. Guys struggle to last two years in the job. You know, they just... Year one as a coach, they look so fresh, just bright, ready to go. And by year three of coaching, they're worn down. It is such a tough gig. Is there any coach other than maybe an Ivan Cleary right now as cool, calm, and composed in one of the toughest jobs you could possibly have than Wayne Bennett? Uh, so that, that's huge for the Dolphins. And given that they are a new franchise... It's just the perfect way to get things started. Uh, given, like I said, this pressure on coaches and just what a tough gig it is. If they had gone Christian Wolf straight away, you know, by 2025, he's fighting to keep his job. Whereas now, that's going to be his first year in the job. Wayne Bennett laying the foundations. So that is the coach. Captain Jesse Bromwich. I think it'll be his final season, but he has over 300 games. It's up to Jesse to decide. Now, he will know when the time is right. And yeah, a lot of respect for Jesse Bromwich. And now, I mean, you think about that middle forward punch with Gilbert and Flegler, uh, and especially during Origin, if they had to miss Flegler and Gilbert. Massive season. Jesse Bromwich, a Kiwi international. So unless there's a mid-season test... Uh, with the Kiwis, which he's already retired from, actually. Uh, well, Jesse Bromwich, if he's healthy, 
he'll be playing pretty much the entire season. Uh, so very important. He's obviously the captain for a reason. Now, top squad. Contracted for 2024. Anthony Milford, the MILF. Connolly Lemuelu, Edric Lee, Ewan Aitken, Felice Kalfusi goes whack. Hamaso Tabuai Fido, uh, who I will touch on again in a moment. Harrison Graham, Herbie Farnworth. Boom. There's a signing right there. Isaiah Katoa, the future uh, of the halves in the Dolphins. Jack Bostock, Jake Avarillo. I need to breathe. Oh my goodness gracious. Jermaine Azako, Jared Wallace, a lot of J's here. Jeremy Marshall, wait for it, King. Yes, King. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, Josh Kerr, Kenneth Bromwich, Cody with a K, Nicarima. Love you, Cody. Played for the Warriors. I said that already. Mark Nichols, the man, the goat. People say the goat. Like I said, not big on speculation uh, of those things, but I am big on Mark Nichols. Mason Teague, uh, he is grouse. I'm telling you, if you didn't know, you may have already known. Oren Keeley, Ray Stone, Robert Jennings, Sean O. Sullivan. I nearly said Robert Jennings again. Did we get that? Have you got that? Robert Jennings in the squad. Tessie New, Thomas Flegler. Another signing. Another big one. Hell yeah. Tom Gilbert and Valence Tefare. Huge, huge season for a huge, huge man. And I mean that. That's not body shaming. He's a fucking, he's a big man. That's a compliment. In 2023, 24, you can't fucking, we're not cancelling anyone. You can be a fucking big man. He's a big fucking man. And he's going to wreck. I was going to say the C word, but I won't. He's going to wreck a few people this year. Uh, if he comes into preseason, works really hard, which by all reports he is, if he does get onto the park in the NRL, he's going to fold some people. So, Valence Tefare, uh, X-Factor player, Hamaso Tabuai Fido. So I pick an X-Factor player for every club. Uh, influential superstars. Well, Hamaso, he was definitely a popular player in the NRL. He'd already played Origin before he landed at the Dolphins. But the fullback has now really become the face of the Dolphins. Like, his stock has risen exponentially. I would imagine he would have significantly more sponsors and things reaching out to him now because he's made himself so marketable without really having to say a word. He's done it all with his on-field actions, just being electric on-field for the Dolphins. As I've said, he shot out of the gates, scoring tries for fun. Uh, there was a play... Early in the season, I think it was Isaiah Katoa put Hammer over to score the winning try against the Raiders. And given that the Dolphins don't just represent Redcliffe, basically anywhere they go around Queensland, and like as a wider whole, a lot of people like the Dolphins, but mostly Queensland, you know, Hammer has really become the face of the franchise. So in one year, he's gone from on the bench at the Cowboys a player that we all loved to watch play. But now he's gone from potential to consistently delivering uh, some of the biggest highlights in the game. So X-Factor player, fuck I'm struggling to breathe today. A lot to talk about. Uh, Hamaso Tabuafido, X-Factor player. Development players in the squad for the Dolphins, James Walsh, Kurt Donahue. Uh, who we saw, he actually got a start off the bench in round one. I uh, was one of the surprise players in the team list. Before that, he was in the junior system at the Newcastle Knights. Uh, he plays in the halves. Last year for the Dolphins, spent a bit of time in the nine jersey. Uh, so maybe he'll be an option again as a backup to Jeremy Marshall King. Played for Fiji in the halves as well. So big year for Kurt Donahue. Uh, and he actually, in the Queensland Cup, was also playing a bit of 13. So we will see. Kurt Donahue, watch this space. Jeremiah Simbaikin, uh, this is a very quality back rower. He was playing 
for the Radcliffe Dolphins in the Queensland Cup. Uh, I think, I don't know this for sure, he might be of Papua New Guinea descent. Don't fact check me on that though. Uh, but Jeremiah Simbaikin, very talented back rower. May see him emerge this year. Michael Wanga, Waka, Wanga, I don't know, with a Q. Is it Waka? We'll find out. Max Plath and Ryan Jackson, a talented young front rower who this year is going to be learning from the likes of Flagler, Bromwich. And then once, you know, guys like the Bromwich brothers depart, Ryan Jackson, he could be one that emerges. And then we move on to the train and trial players. Uh, if you aren't sure what a train and trial player is, basically they aren't in the NRL squad and they're not in the development squad. Uh, but usually teams will have spots available on their roster, at least a couple, one or two. Uh, now some will try and save that, look at the player transfer market and just check out whether there's going to be any big fish come available immediately. But in most cases, train and trial players, they come in, they take that spot on the roster. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind in this most recent preseason, Brisbane Broncos. Their two standout train and trialists are Tristan Saylor. He ended up getting a spot in the top 30. Now uh, at the point where he's going to go over to the Super League most likely, uh, but be a featured player. Like and earn a bump up in pay. Tyson Smoothie was the other one. Didn't have a contract going into that year. Tyson Smoothie played in the grand final. So train and trial, very important opportunity. And they are the guys that are there from day one of preseason. So they have to work very hard. They're usually in quite the shape by the trials. And usually first trial, uh, we'll see a lot of these guys. So Dolphins... They've linked up with three Queensland Cup sides for this next season. So they'd previously been affiliated, obviously, with the Redcliffe Dolphins, uh, but also with the Central Queensland Capras, which is actually uh, the former club of Cameron Munster. Now they are also linking with the North Devils, who didn't win the most recent season, but won the two before that. Long-time associates with the Brisbane Broncos, so that is a big pinch. North Devils. So, Dolphins are going to have a lot of players to choose from, and they are also going to have multiple clubs to send these guys uh, that aren't playing weekly in their NRL team to give them way more of a shot of being featured players within their cup sides. Uh, so, North Devils also joining the mix. So, most of the train and trial players here, they will be featuring in the Queensland Cup, but like I said, Tyson Smoothie, he was a train and trial player, went on to play in a grand final. Uh, so let's have a look at who these train and trialists are. And I think it's important to mention that whilst this year, or this coming year, they'll probably be playing cup, there will be spots opening up over the next year or two. So big, big opportunity. Uh, now Jordan Lip, the first one, a utility back can play really anywhere from one to six. Uh, now, he was actually a Cowboys junior, had some success there. I think he may have even played an NRL game. Don't fact check me on that. Then he leaves the Cowboys. Uh, he was part of their top 30, I'm pretty sure, or at least a development player. He goes and plays for the Western Clydesdales at cup level in Toowoomba. Now we see him reemerge in and around the Dolphins. Uh, so I think, let me just have a quick suss here. The North Devils players for the Queensland Cup uh, are these four. Jordan Lip, Jerome Burns, who can play fullback or in the halves, Tookie Simpkins, uh, who was previously a Tiger, and Cooper Jenkins, a young forward from the Knights system. So those are the guys coming over from North Devils. I do think Jordan Lip is an interesting one and could emerge as a backline option. Then you have the Central Queensland Capras and their representatives, their captain, Trey Brown, a dummy half, Aaron Moore, uh, who is young half, and Lachlan Hubner, a uh, forward, who I think, I think he could work his way at least into the top squad. 
so we'll see how he goes. And then my favorite of them all, Brenton Byra. I already mentioned him, but I will be paying very close attention to Brenton Byra. My throat, I'm so sorry, it's giving way on me. We're nearly done though. Trey Fuller, uh, he's also going to be there. These are the Dolphins representatives of the Redcliffe nature. Uh, he actually made his NRL debut, an exciting young fullback. Um, I say young, he's been around for a bit, but he's not that old. And Max Bailey, who comes over from the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Formerly in the Roosters system, uh, so he's been around for a bit. Quality player. He's one that I think I could also work his way into this top squad. So that's the full squad. Uh, and my one to watch, I'm naming one young player from each club to watch this preseason. I've gone with Mason Teague. He does have six games of NRL experience already to his name. I think he's one to watch though. If Gilbert plays Origin, uh, Tom Gilbert for Queensland, I think we could see Mason Teague start at lock. He's another one who may not be the first choice option this year, but I think going forward in the next three to five years, Mason Teague uh, will become a staple of this team. Now, he already had a taste in year one, the former Jersey Flag captain. Uh, was it Jersey Flag or SG Ball? May have even been. I can't even fucking remember. At this point, I think it could have been SG Ball. Uh, but Mason Teague, they took him from the Panthers system for a reason. Teague had his pathway to first grade blocked by some very quality players at Penrith. Uh, so he's come to the Dolphins to really make a name for himself. I think 2024, he will do just that. So he played six games. He's my one to watch. So as far as over under, seven games over under, I'm going to say he plays over. I'm going to say he plays uh, 10 plus. 10 plus. So he may not get a full season. He may not become the staple of the side just yet. But Mason Teague, my one to watch. And that moves us on to the last part of this all. The final assessment. And now I looked at the draw. My main highlight for the Dolphins draw are the Queensland derbies, which I've already spoken about in the Titans podcast. I said I felt like, basically, given that there are now four Queensland clubs, the teams that can really get up in those derbies will be much more of a chance of being top four. And I know that sounds like very obvious, but given that they'll all play each other twice, like last year we saw the Broncos, who were the best team in Queensland, and they finished up toward the top of the ladder. Uh, so season opener, straight away, at Suncorp, they are playing the Cowboys. That is a massive game. And even though it's just the first of what is a long season, whoever wins that, you never know. That could be telling and a bit of an omen of the season to come. And the loser of that game, you know, it could be quite the opposite. So first up against the Cowboys. And I think as far as the draw... My overall importance is on the Queensland derbies. I think they are the most meaningful, as well as the Magic Round Clash for the Dolphins. And now, I didn't go through their full draw, because one thing I learned was that you just cannot write this side off. So, I'm not looking at it on paper. I know Dolphins, more often than not, they are going to show up. So, that is a pretty good platform. Uh, my key is depth. Like I said, I think they need to keep players on the park. Point of difference, Wayne Bennett. There's your point of difference right there. And finally, the very last thing, my ladder prediction. Uh, I've gone with 14th place finish. Are we cheering for them more than that? Like, I would love to see the Dolphins play finals. Uh, and yeah, I... The latter thing's not super serious, so I'm just banging it out there. 14th place. I think they are a powerhouse in the making. Uh, they're just in this development, development phase now. And yeah, finals will be the goal. Compete for a spot in the top eight. I think they can do it, but I think like fucking 13 or 14 teams going into this next season 
can do it. So when I had to formulate a letter, which has been hard, I'm like, bloody hell. I forgot how hard this was. Uh, I'm going Dolphins 14th. Depth, my reason why. I think if they can't keep their best 17 on the park each week, and then that may cause them to dip at some stage. But what I think means very little. What the Dolphins have actually done with their actions on field tells us we don't know shit. I don't know shit. There was a lot of talk going into 2023 about the Dolphins. And yeah, they proved everyone wrong. I wasn't really talking any shit about them. As I said, I didn't do the podcast series. Uh, but they still proved me wrong. I was still like, wow. This is working out a lot better than I had thought. So a lot of lessons learned from 2023. Dolphins, I think, will be much better than they were in Season 1. Can they make the final series? Very keen to find out. I'm going to say 14th, but I will be cheering for them. Uh, Now, to wrap it up, what is next? Manly Seagulls. Uh, Today it's 29th of December. So I'm going to do one more for 2023, Manly Seagulls. And then we're going to be having weekly preview podcasts moving up the ladder. And by the time this series finishes, it'll be pre-season, season just around the corner. Uh, and then NRL content twice a week. So a bit of a preview, kind of ask some questions podcast during the week. And then a review series, which was the weekend wrap for the last couple of years, uh, where we have some answers to those questions and we've seen the games. So lots of NRL content coming up. Super keen to cover the Dolphins, but it is now time to move on to the Sea Eagles podcast. I thank you very much for listening. I apologize about my throat. I apologize about a lot of things. Uh, But Dolphins, fuck yeah. I'm excited. Thank you for listening. I think I said that. The wheels are falling off. I've said everything I need to say about the dolphins. I shan't keep you any longer. Have a blessed Friday.